Welcome to Rebel Health Radio, bringing the best in alternative and integrative medicine to your ears. One Patricia Warby Alchemy Therapies here and another in my ongoing chats around areas of interest in the field of trauma, emotional release and natural health and healing. And I wanted to talk today a little bit about pain, in particular chronic pain, pain that lasts longer than three months generally is defined as chronic pain. And sometimes if it persists for a very long time, you know, over a year, it can be labelled or diagnosed as fibromyalgia, which is a term which is just descriptive, really. It it suggests that there are problems um, in the soft tissues. There's a, a myalgia which is just a description of pain, really. Um, But it is defined in a certain way that that you generally have pain in the postural muscles. Those are the muscles of the head, neck. Um, Also, the back, lower back is very implicated. And sometimes also around the hips, the pelvis. Um, And this kind of pain is very different to the sort of pain that you get if you've, I don't know, torn a ligament or, or damaged the tissue in some way in that rest doesn't seem to help it. And that's what makes it very, very particular and very debilitating. So uh, whether you rest or not makes no difference really to the pain. And you often have very acute sensitivity to touch as well, uh, something we call allodynia. And so even the lightest touch is perceived uh, by your brain as being painful. And so people who have these kind of chronic pain conditions can live a very difficult and challenging life because they they can't do normal activities. They can't go out. They can't have a massage. They can't walk very far. Um, Everything becomes a a strain and and sleep is affected. And often they are given uh, pain medications, which uh, uh, pregabalin is one of the most common ones given, which are... uh, sort of supposed to change the peripheral nerve stimulus to reduce pain, but largely ineffective because, believe it or not, the problem is not in the tissue itself, although the blood flow is obviously reduced. The uh, energy production in the tissue is is reduced, causing lactic acid buildup. So it's not that it's not a physical problem, but the origin is not in the tissue itself. The origin is in the part of the central nervous system that controls pain messages and that's actually in your brain and that's in you know the deeper parts of your brain particularly your emotional brain or your limbic brain and so pain meds that uh, change your peripheral nerve stimulus don't actually seem to do very much and can actually be quite addictive and difficult to come off and when you do try and reduce them actually the pain just escalates so um, my message to people is that it's actually not something to deal with physically. It's actually something to look at mentally, emotionally. When I say that, obviously people get very upset because they think how, how can a physical pain be caused by something mental, emotional? Well, the first thing you need to understand is that the mind and the body are not separate. Uh, we don't have a, a brain that is sort of housed separately to the body it's bathed in cerebral fluid which is fed from uh, the the blood supply and basically anything that happens in the body is communicated via the the fluids that bathe the brain to the brain 
Um, there are also other mechanisms. There are um, small proteins that kind of are produced uh, in the gut that can travel up. There are uh, microbes that can produce different chemicals that travel up into the brain and pass the blood brain barrier, which is something that is meant to protect the brain can it's it's a variable permeable membrane however and, and things can travel up uh, obviously there's the whole energetic component of the human being which is completely missed out in, in modern medicine um, but the, you know we are basically energy as well as matter and so if you're you're in a low state you know your low vibrational state you're feeling despair or hopeless um, it's it's actually what's going to keep things going so pain is in the brain and pain is also a habit it's it's something that the brain gets used to and regards as normal it gets habituated in other words to certain levels of stimulus which it interprets misinterprets as pain now how does that come about well usually um the pain message comes in from past experiences that haven't been metabolized as over. Things that have happened to you that overwhelmed you get stored in your limbic brain as a sort of implicit memory. And that implicit memory of overwhelm can be re-triggered in the life and actually come about to make you feel uh, overwhelmed again quite easily. But because it's an unconscious part of your brain and the stimulus is unconscious as well this this trigger from the past is an unconscious awareness it's unconscious in the sense of your front brain isn't aware of it at all you you may be triggered in ways that you're not you're not aware of and you don't have any control over it could be the time of year or it could be the way someone looks at you or it it could be the voice of somebody or an email or a letter that arrives or a bill that turns up um, these stimuli are everywhere in, in modern life. We're in very stressful times right now, so it's very easy to be triggered. But this idea that the, uh, the brain is kind of on alert, that it's been sensitized to your situation from past experience that hasn't been metabolized, past experience in your childhood particularly, and, and even in your earliest experiences of birth and those early few weeks and months of your life, uh, this is a new understanding that we didn't have before and how it relates to pain is that it sensitizes your nervous system to threat and so threat becomes everywhere and threat becomes your normal if you like and so instead of responding to stimuli in a way that allows your nervous system to adjust it actually triggers a set of reactions which cause a sort of inflammatory response in, in your nerves and in um, all the communication systems in your body. And so nerves are very interesting because they are, they're very high energy actually. They need a lot of energy to run. They're full of mitochondria um, in your neurons. And they're not just in your brain. They actually, neurons are present in your, in your heart actually. Sensory neurites have been discovered in the last 10, 12 years. Um, and so it will affect your heart rate, your heart rhythm, it also affects uh, how well your heart pumps, so your blood pressure. Um, they're also in your gut because they affect digestion. I've talked about that in a, a separate video about the gut innovation, which is similar to the size of a cat's brain. So it's actually huge. Um, and nerves penetrate virtually everywhere in your body as well, in your bladder, your lungs, your kidneys, your liver, and so on. And it's actually a part of your nervous system that links with your brain 
it's called the autonomic or uh, some people think of it as a sort of automatic system that goes on behind the scenes without your awareness. And it's constantly filtering information from your environment and transmitting messages of either threat or safety. And now, as I've said, if from your earliest experiences, you were ever overwhelmed without support, and that's a very common experience with many of us, if we had a difficult birth or um, some experience in our early life where we didn't bond well with uh, my, the mother or caregiver, um, or we had experiences of being uh, isolated in some way, whether in ICU or um, uh, even during you know, chronic illness or hospitalization, dental surgery. There are so many ways in which we can have this experience that overwhelms us. And it's, it's the sense of having nobody there to hold that for us and to literally communicate with us that we're safe. And so we don't learn that we're safe in our body. If we're not safe in our body, whenever something comes along in the current life, in the adult life, we've got this map of the world which says, I am unsafe and I'm under threat constantly. And pain is the inevitable result. Now, why pain and not, say, fatigue? Because uh, many people don't have so much pain. They have more of a fatigue scenario. And what I have found is it depends on the nature of the emotion that they're, they're not dealing with, that, that they've repressed. And that's part of my PhD, actually, was to look at what emotions have been repressed and how that plays out in the kind of symptoms that you express. And the pattern I've identified is that it's largely rage or anger, suppressed rage or anger that causes uh, body pain, this kind of chronic, unrelenting body pain. And so I would ask you to look gently at your experience of life and where in your life is there unexpressed rage or anger? Often it's a childlike response because children do feel rage when they understand that the world is no longer revolving around them. We call it the terrible twos. When they're beginning to individuate as people who you know, notice that not all their needs get met all the time. And so there's a, a certain degree of rage that is natural and normal. But what if your parent for whatever reason is not attentive in the way that you need or doesn't really understand you in the way that you need or humiliates you or criticizes you or just isn't there for you emotionally, is emotionally absent for whatever reason, maybe their own depression, um, maybe a bereavement or their own childhoods haven't been resolved and so they're unable to give you what you biologically are wired to need, which is a soothing, comforting, uh, attuned other and actually we call it attunement if that doesn't happen then there's a certain degree of rage that wells in all of us because we want to be heard and felt and seen by those around us that we depend on for survival it's an ancient system that's designed to keep us attached to people who will keep us bodily safe because when we're very young we have no ability to look after ourselves you know as human beings we're born very mature so it's actually a biological problem that has become more and more difficult and more and more problematic in the culture we live in now where you are raised generally not by a tribe not by a group of people not by an extended family um, although obviously I know, you know, if possible, grandparents do get involved. If you look back in history, this is probably the, you know, the last 200 years have been the time when we have separated out 
raising a child into nuclear families instead of by a, a community. And so the child is very much more dependent on the quality of parenting that they get from parents who've maybe had similar deficits in their own childhoods. And so we are perpetuating this trauma and, and, and rage and anger is an inevitable result of disconnection, a disconnection from love and support in the places that we absolutely need it. And that's, you know, in our, in our upbringing, in our childhoods. And we're seeing, of course, a huge disconnection now in our culture generally because of what's happening in the world with the pandemic and the, the response to the pandemic, which has been one of uh, a war-like footing. We're on war-like uh, war footing against a virus that we can't see. Um, we can't even prove it exists. We haven't isolated it yet. We just know the results of it and um, maybe some fragments of DNA. So uh, we are at war with something that we can't identify very easily. And that puts us in existential threat, actually, a constant sense of threat against something. And because of the way we have formulated our battle, and we've said that um, we have to isolate each other uh, from each other, we have to go into either some sort of lockdown or we have to mask or we have to keep social distancing, um, which is very antithetical to how we are um, wired to behave, to connect. We are in a constant state of stress, actually, all of us. And so our bodies are naturally responding to this with rage, with um, a sense of uh, despair in some people. And, and so we're seeing huge rise in pain, um, in anxiety, in depression, mental health uh, problems are massive, particularly in our children and our adolescents. Um, and a, an opioid crisis as people try and relieve pain and then get addicted to the, the very drugs that are supposed to relieve it. So that's, that's what's going on. And in order to solve this issue, you can't, there isn't a pill for rage. They haven't come up with one yet. I doubt if they will. Um, we have to look within at the real root cause of what's making us so um, angry, but in a very uh, ancient kind of primal way. We may not even be aware that we're angry. We may be so dissociated from our experience and our rage that we may deny it completely. And that was certainly what I found when I did my research um, that there were people that were aware of it, but they were a particular attachment style that were more vocal in their, um, their neediness, if you like. They would notice where their emotions were and, and certainly feel it. And sometimes their rage was almost out of control. But more likely, it was the people that repressed their feelings and weren't aware of it and were very um, kind of what I call left brain oriented or, or cognitively, intellectually aware, but not emotionally heart-based aware and so they were often in spaces where they would say things like um and my childhood was brilliant there were no problems in my childhood my parents were angels or they were wonderful people are oh, wonderful people you know we have this excellent relationship which I don't deny uh, is a great thing but it's not realistic to say that your childhood was perfect no childhood is perfect no childhood really is without pain or rage or some form of growth that enables um, a challenge emotionally you cannot have growth without a challenge 
Uh, you cannot learn without hearing the words no. You know, you need to find within yourself the resources to overcome your challenges. You need to be able to metabolize your emotions as that happens. That's a normal developmental stage. And so to say you haven't got any pain or any anger or any unresolved emotions from your childhood isn't realistic. And so my my approach is always to look at what is dissociated, what is pushed away, what is denied in that person. And, and so that's often a common trait of people who end up with pain um, is that they're in denial of some of the things they've experienced. Even when we look at their histories, we can see very strong patterns of maybe um, being forced to be people that they weren't naturally or being having high expectations of themselves uh, given to them by parents, well-meaning parents, parents who did the best they could, by the way, we're not blaming parents. Um, they were children too once. And so it becomes a sort of a common repression of reality of how you feel. And so you go into adult life believing that everything's okay as long as you keep moving, as long as you keep active, as long as you keep achieving things. And so you become quite driven. Uh, and that kind of A-type personality is another very common feature. And so what we'd have to do is we have to somehow soothe and reach the part of the brain, this emotional brain. And to do that, we sometimes have to disconnect a little bit the, the critical intellectual brain, the one that's based in our cortex, the thinking brain, so that we can get beneath, that we can go beneath into the parts of you that do feel things, that do really have a strong need for something that was never met or, or the need was never met consistently in some way. And there are many ways of doing that. There are ways that involve um, psychedelic therapies. That's just coming in. There are ways that involve touch, which is what I use, self-touch, um, havening, tapping or EFT, ways that use eye movements uh, in terms of uh, eye movement desensitization uh, or schema therapy. That's another one that uses eye movements. And there are others that use audio or heart rate variability regulation. So you can actually use sound or breath to re-regulate the nervous system because the nervous system, remember, is your interface. So if you're feeling constantly under threat, your nervous system is wired. It's wired all the time. It's totally exhausting and it reduces the available energy for rest and digest for natural functions like digestion um, and feeling joy and so on. So we do have a problem, but we do have solutions. And if any of you are interested, um, these solutions actually work very fast. They work much more quickly than talk therapy, which seeks to look at your thinking processes. I look at working through the body, so your feeling processes. And I manage to get pain reduction usually um, within six sessions. So that's a lot faster than talk therapies if they work at all. And it's certainly more effective than drug therapies, which are largely useless to be fair. So if any of you are interested, get in touch. Uh, any comments, please. I'm very happy to receive them. So take care for now. Bye. Hey, hope you enjoyed listening to Rebel Health Radio. Do subscribe and look forward to catching you soon.